Welcome to The Backbone, but first, a word from our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors too, so you can get paid for your podcast. Anchor is what I use to bring you The Backbone, a journey inside finance at a startup. It connects your podcast seamlessly to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more, making your podcast available wherever your audience chooses to listen. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Welcome to The Backbone, a journey inside finance at a startup. I'm your host, Shabam Data at Shabam on Twitter. On The Backbone, we're obsessed with finance and operations at startups. We take a close look at finance functions within various startup companies by talking to finance leaders that are in there day in and day out. We chat startup finance, metrics, operations, and everything in between. Joining me on this episode of The Backbone is Danielle Sarasano, VP of Finance at League. League is a digital platform that allows users to manage all their healthcare benefits in one place. Danielle oversees the finance compliance and human resources functions at League. She began her career at PwC in the audit and assurance practice and has since gone on to work at several high-performing technology and innovation firms. Danielle specializes in establishing lean and agile teams and has built multiple finance departments from the ground up. Her key strengths include a passion for improving operational effectiveness and her ability to use data-driven insights to create impactful change. Danielle obtained her CPACA designation while at PwC. She also holds a Bachelor of Commerce Honors Degree from Queen's University. And with that, let's hear from Danielle herself, VP Finance at League. Hey, good morning, Danielle. Thanks for coming on The Backbone this morning. So wanted to get started with you right away. And, you know, you got your start uh, in your career at PwC. And then from there, you held various progressive roles in finance, uh, starting at Blueprint Software Systems, Gold Money, and others before joining League. So talk to me about your path into tech and how you got uh, got started. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on this morning. This is exciting and fun. I knew like very early on in my life that I really liked to build things. I, the first job that I ever held was actually a landscaping job. Oh, very cool. I liked like the feeling of, you know, you go into this backyard, there's, you know, weeds everywhere. It was a disaster. And then, you know, at the end of a few weeks, it's something totally different. You can really like see the fruits of your labor. And I just like loved that feeling. So I didn't know how that was going to translate into my career um, at that moment in time, but I just felt like, okay, getting my CPA seemed like a smart idea. So I started at PwC, like really loved my time there. The coolest thing about working at a firm is that at a very young age, you get to manage a lot of people. You really learn those like soft skills. But then I just started getting like the itch that I wanted to do something different. 
I joined my first startup company, which was Blue Goose. And I just completely like learned by fire. There's no like better way to learn how little you actually know about accounting until you have to start doing it yourself. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I did all the accounting at Blue Goose. I was the controller there, spent two and a half years there and learned so much. And that's where my like passion for startup really started because I felt like every single thing I did, I could see the results in the business pretty quickly. And that felt really good. So then from there, what really drew me to tech was I was talking to some friends about, you know, closing month end, which is, you know, a boring thing that everyone has to do in, in finance. And I was talking about how, you know, Blue Goose, it takes us like weeks to close the month end. And then my tech friends were like, oh, it only like takes me a few days. And then I started kind of like digging in a bit more. And I realized that like, oh my gosh, like when you have inventory and when you have like all of these assets that you're holding, closing and, and costing and fair valuing, like that takes so much time. So I was like, okay, well, I want to try tech because it seems like the accounting is a lot easier. So it will give me a chance to spend more time on the operational side, the cash management side, um, the strategy side. And so that's what really drew me into tech. And I was right. The second I got into the tech space, I just really felt like I was spending way more time on the business versus the accounting. And that's why I love it. And why I'll never leave tech now. And that's awesome. It's really interesting to to hear that perspective. You know, and not to say that tech doesn't have its own accounting challenges. I'm I'm sure you you'd be the first to speak on those, but you're right, like there's no inventory, no hard assets really to manage, yeah. right? So I mean your people are your assets in a tech company. Right. So really there's a lot of expenses and, and payroll. You're right. There's definitely some intricacies about the accounting at, at a finance company, but it's it's just not quite as rigorous as when you have inventory. Of course, of course. So uh, talk to me a little bit about League. What is League all about? Help me understand what League is. League is a digital platform that allows our users to manage all of their healthcare benefits in one place. Our mission is to improve the health of our members. So we don't really see ourselves as an insurance company. We see ourselves as a healthcare company. But the best way that we think that we can actually affect the health of our members is through something that most employers pay for, which is employee health benefits. Part of what makes us so successful is we have really, really high engagement. The reason for that is that our platform is not just a way to submit your claims in a really seamless way, which we do, we do that, but we have a marketplace that you can actually like use your benefits and never be out of pocket. You can book appointments and the money comes right out of your digital wallet. We have a health rewards program. We have a health concierge, doctor on demand, really amazing chat-based customer service, giving us the ability to like engage our members and actually improve their health. Right, right. No, that's very cool. Not having league, you know, it's a very archaic system and process uh, mm-hmm. going through the claim submission process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, a lot of uh, folks still only process their claims through fax. Like <laughs> there's a lot of systems that haven't evolved into the, the digital age yet. So that's really cool to hear. Uh, talk to me a little bit more about the process. Like, so you mentioned members, but then there's also, yeah. I guess, employers involved and there's the healthcare providers themselves. So does the league marketplace kind of bring everyone together? So the, the marketplace brings together the providers and allows our members to like interact with those providers. In terms of the employer employer side, 
Um, our goal is actually to like save them money by administering all their benefits for them. So gotcha. it's saving them like a ton of HR admin time. Uh, we also help them design a health plan so that the plan that their employees actually use is valued by the employees and then eventually like will reduce turnover. Makes so sense. yes, like all those different stakeholders are at play, um, including the carriers who we work with as well. We create a seamless experience for our members and for the HR teams that we work with. And we work with the carriers on all those archaic systems so that they don't have to interact with it or see it or touch it. Gotcha. So I, I wanted to double click on that, um, the aspect of working with so many stakeholders. Uh, like mm-hmm. you said, you know, there are uh, employers from your website. I gleaned that, you know, the likes of Uber, Shopify, Unilever are all employers that are on the league platform. There's administrators, like you mentioned, plan members who are actually using the benefits and providers of those benefits. So, you know, needless to say, there's a lot of people that are involved on league and with league. And so all of these stakeholders are interwoven and connected. And so what are some of the challenges that this poses to you as a finance leader when a company's products and services serve so many stakeholders? Yeah, I I mean, this is such a good question. This is like truly one of, if not the biggest challenges of my role in finance. What we're doing is very, very complex Every facet of our business feels it, feels the pressure from those different stakeholders to build or fix something um, in this archaic system or build something because, you know, one of our customers wants it. And my job is to allocate the limited resources that we have appropriately to where the priorities lie at that moment in time. The problem is that, like, the priorities are changing pretty much on, like, a weekly basis. Um <laughs> So having like a very fluid hiring plan and budget is essential. The tricky part about that is that if you think about that from like a people point of view, finance has to do a really good job explaining why first, why we're allocating the resources where they're being allocated. And then when we change our mind next quarter or halfway through the quarter, we also have to do a good job explaining why those priorities have shifted. When you're at a smaller company, it's much easier to like reallocate resources and explain to people why that's happening. I mean, at league, we're about 150 employees now across four different cities, two different countries. And so that like poses a really big challenge. And in terms of like helping the whole company understand why decisions are being made, it's virtually impossible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, making a decision, is one thing, but if you don't have like the support of the organization behind you, it, it kind of becomes ineffective. I think that like the, where the magic comes is when you're choosing the right people at the organization to help you distill that information and 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 push the decision along, so that you can still like pivot quickly, move really quickly, and and be a startup company even at you know five hundred, a thousand headcount. Right. If you're not, then you're basically just going to be like every other big company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's finding that balance, you know, obviously dealing with uh, all the stakeholders that that league has, but also maintaining that nimbleness and the ability to, you know, reallocate resources uh, uh, kind of on a quarterly basis uh, if needed. And so that must be a, a very challenging yet rewarding experience being in, in your shoes. Definitely. I mean, when, when I can 
help move decisions along and explain to the company why something is the way that it is and and explain why we're doing or why we've like made a certain decision. I think that people really see the value in the finance team. They really see mm-hmm. the value in, in what we bring to the organization. And it, and it makes me feel good about, about the, the career path that I've chosen. That's awesome. That's great. And so I want to dive into one of the more recent decisions that uh, League made. And so that is, you know, League recently raised $47 million US in Series B uh, finance. Yeah. <laughs> I love having cash. It's the best. <laughs> And, and so that round was led by TELUS Ventures, which is yeah. the corporate strategic uh, venture arm of TELUS. Now, mm-hmm. TELUS is a, has a large component of its business in the healthcare space, even though they are mostly known for um, being in the telecom space. Yeah. And so talk to me about the thinking behind raising from a strategic venture firm versus a traditional venture capital firm, which the Series A round uh, for League was from a traditional venture capital firm. So that yeah. That must have been a very, you know, interesting decision-making process in which I imagine you as a finance leader were heavily involved. And so, yeah, talk to me a little bit about that process. Yeah, I mean, this this raise was really important for us. We felt like it wasn't just about access to capital. In this round, it was just, it was so much more than that. Having access to TELUS um, and their healthcare network, RBC, one of like the largest Canadian banks, mm-hmm. the Loblaw Shoppers Partnership, one of the largest grocers, Pharma Network. This is really giving us access to like millions of end users, as well as the expertise of TELUS, Shoppers, Loblaws in, in the healthcare space. These companies have like a deep expertise in, in the healthcare space, right. which gives them purchasing power, existing customer bases that we can have access to all giving us an ability to just like scale faster and actually have an impact on the members health much faster. All of these companies also have like a venture arm. Mm -hmm. So we're comfortable that we're still like very aligned in terms of they're incentivized to get financial return from us for their shareholders, which is exactly what we're doing as well. So in that sense, we're very aligned, but just this this deep expertise in the healthcare space, I think is going to help us grow in a really unique way. And that's really what drove the decision to a strategic venture firm. That makes a lot of sense. And so having just gone through this process, what would you, uh, I guess, advise or, or impart on, on other finance leaders who are facing that kind of fork in the road, let's say, of considering, hey, should I go out and raise another round from a traditional VC fund or should I consider the corporate strategic funds as, as well? Um, how would you, uh, I guess, start to think about that if you uh, were a finance leader and and, uh, maybe if you can help distill that yeah first and foremost you gotta kiss a lot of frogs before you find a good (laughs) yeah like there is no there's no way around meeting with a million different vc companies you you just have to because you have to find the ones that you connect with that you click with that that understand what you're trying to do, that have expertise in the industry that that you're in. And so you just have to meet so many. Right. Um, and, and I don't believe that there's a way around that. When you get down to close to the end, when you found a few that might be the right match, I think that 
there's lots of different VC companies that also have expertise in different industries that can help you just as much as a strategic. Mm -hmm. Um, In our particular case, we felt like the strategics just really had a lot to offer to us uh, that we couldn't uh, turn down. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, the strategics that you all mentioned, they all each play a very unique role into how it fits into your entire stakeholder base. And so that's, uh, that, that, that makes a lot of sense, uh, from League's perspective. And so one last question before we hop into our quick fire round. And that is, uh, so you've held, you know, various roles within the finance function from controller, director of finance, now VP finance at League. How would you describe the, the key responsibilities in each role? Roles. Following up to that is uh, when should a company hire a controller versus a director of finance, a VP yeah. or CFO? So help us understand that. When I was a controller, I think the, the main parts of that role is owning everything that's happened in the past and reporting on that. And then building process and controls into the organization to help you report on whatever happened in the past mm-hmm. faster so that when you scale, you don't need to hire like a million people for your team to just do reporting. Right. So that's how I really see the, the controller role. Mm-hmm. And then the director role is really when I personally started getting involved in the forecasting and the budgeting side of the business, still owning all of the month end um, clothes and mm-hmm. financial statements. Thinking forward is, is when I was a director is when I started thinking forward as well. The VP role is really when I was able to step away from the day-to-day, step away from the month-end. And the main aspects of my role now are investor board relations, like risk management, hmm. cash management, managing our burn. That's like a big one at startup. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then making sure that our company is ready to scale. So really working with like every department on helping drive decision-making and, and influencing decision-making with all the information that we have so that we're making the right decisions for our company to grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and so when would you say uh, a founder or a CEO should be thinking about, you know, when to bring on a, a finance leader and what should they come in as? Should they be a controller when they come in or uh, how, how would, how should they assess the, the need for a controller versus a director of finance, mm-hmm. VP, et cetera? I would say that it's never too early to hire that controller director level a ceo should like really be focused on selling their product and growing the company right so when they don't have a strong finance mind on like the leadership team um to help them guide decision making i i I think they're doing themselves a disservice the ceo shouldn't be thinking about like making sure that their taxes are filed on time (laughs) making sure that you know they are paying their people like that's just something that they shouldn't have to think about. And those are all table stakes things that a controller director will just like literally do in their sleep. Right. And, right. and, and finding someone who is like scrappy, who will do all of that table stakes finance stuff, plus really help the decision making. I think I just, I think it's worth the money to spend mm-hmm. on, on that type of role in terms of like the VP CFO level. I think right after the Series A is probably the right time because I think it's important to have that person on your team when you're going out and raising your Series right. A. I, I think that any VC who's looking at a startup and seeing you know all the pictures of the, the management team and not seeing a finance person would, would wonder, like, 
what's going why on. That, yeah, exactly. So I, I think that's probably the right time for the VP CFO level. Yeah, makes sense. And then, you know, uh, one more kind of question on this is uh, a lot of times kind of at early stage uh, companies, the thinking is, you know, if I bring on a finance person, that finance person, unlike, you know, uh, let's say bringing on someone in sales or bringing on a dev or bringing on someone in marketing doesn't have a direct uh, impact on revenue. And it's more of, I, I hate to say it this way, but um, typically the thinking is, okay, this is just another cost center. And it's not like mm-hmm. a, you know, revenue <laughs> generating kind of, it, it's not a revenue generating function. And so what would you say to like counter that? And, and how would you advise, uh, I guess, entrepreneurs to get over that? Hurdle? Yeah. I think that the indirect impact that finance has on reducing expenses and generating revenue is just so invaluable. The way that finance teams think are all about like efficiency mm-hmm. and thinking about the leading indicators before you spend too much money on something that isn't actually going to generate revenue. The efficiencies that I think the finance mind brings will help you generate more revenue and will just help you like pivot and make those decisions so that you can grow your company faster. Yes, I, I get the I seeing it as a cost center. There's so many aspects of what finance does in terms of like helping the sales team become more efficient mm-hmm. and really like analyzing their pipeline and you know the win rate and and helping them to create more efficiencies like on that team that the finance team really does help generate more revenue. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I, th- I think that CEOs do need to get over that cost because they're going to see in spades how much the finance group helps. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, uh, I've always been biased towards that, but it's, it's good to hear from uh, someone who's, who's in there day in, day out. So that's that's helpful. Cool. So what I'd like to do now is hop into our quick fire round. And so the way this works is I'll ask you uh, a question and you'll have kind of 10 to 15 seconds to respond to each. How does that sound? Sounds great. All right. So let's do it. So what is your go-to online resource for all things startup finance related? Um, I I really like TomTungas.com. Yeah. Uh, he just writes amazing articles, um, and I highly recommend um, going to that website. Awesome. Yeah, he, the way he writes them, it's, it's very easy to understand. It's got uh, charts and, and graphs to yeah. hammer home his point. And, you yeah, know, I'm a big fan as I well. I learned so much about... Actually, that's how I learned about SaaS metrics when I, like, joined my first tech company. I was right. like, what are all these weird metrics? And <laughs> I just went to his website and learned all about it. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's definitely a great, uh, great resource. Um, what is your uh, favorite productivity hack? Getting enough sleep is nice. my favorite productivity hack. Yeah. Uh, it sounds very simple, but I used to go to the office early. I felt really like guilty about, you know, sleeping in. Mm-hmm. But now, like, I work best in the afternoon, evening. So, getting enough sleep and working when I work best, I am just so much more productive now in my career than I was when I tried to go in when everyone else went in. So I just, I highly recommend facilitating that type of environment at your company. Yeah, makes sense. I'm also more of a, you know, afternoon, evening person than a morning person. (laughs) So uh, cool. And what's one thing you don't leave the office before finishing? This is maybe not the answer you'd expect, but not a day goes by that I don't have a few laughs with my team. (laughs) I am just like, not the type of person that like, 
oh, you know, like my email needs to be at zero, like every day before I leave. Right. I just, there's so many more days for like a task to get done. Yeah. But, you know, making those connections with my team, telling them a funny story and just, we, we have a lot of fun. And I think that's, that's the thing that I don't leave the office before doing every day. That's awesome. That's definitely uh, refreshing to hear. Uh, <laughs> not the most common answer. So that's, that's really cool. Um, <laughs> what's te- one tech jargon that makes you cringe? Oh, I like, I love tech jargon. I, like, <laughs> I love it all. Like I just, you know, like cost to acquire sales funnel, agile like i just i love all the tech jargon i can't even pick one that makes me cringe like i think i am that like nerdy tech person <laughs> that, like, loves it all. so you were the wrong um, person to ask this quick fire yeah round. like i just i think it all like has a meaning that yeah. is important in the tech world and i just i don't know i love it all even when i learn a new tech word i'm like oh cool <laughs> I, I i'm just imagining your office right now with like posters <laughs> of like various like tech jargon just like plastered throughout <laughs> yeah we're we're all a bunch of big nerds <laughs> at, at league which is, makes it really fun and and last one um what's the best advice that you've ever received so far in your career over hiring um early on on the finance team. This was advice I received when I was thinking of making my first hire at League. What I needed at that moment in time was actually a bookkeeper. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine said, don't hire a bookkeeper, hire someone that you need like a year from now. Hmm. And so I hired this amazing CA. Um, She literally took like everything day to day off my plate. And I would not be where I was today if I didn't hire CA um, on my team early on. That's awesome. And it, I, I guess, speaks to the point where, you know, um, when entrepreneurs and, and early stage founders have to get over the the fact that a finance can uh, finance team member can do a lot more than just, you know, the uh, basic, I guess, bookkeeping and, and things of that nature and really take a lot off of their plate um, when when they think about that uh, process to hire their first finance person. So that, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely see finance minds as kind of like fixers, problem solvers. Mm -hmm. So if you give them a problem, even if it doesn't have anything to do with their role, chances are they'll be able to figure it out and help fix it. So they can really insert themselves in different parts of the organization. like very easily right well danielle this has been a really awesome chat uh really enjoyed this talking to you about league and its uh, experiences and talking about its various stakeholders how your role plays an important uh, aspect in, in managing all of that talking about league's latest uh, series b financing and you know the, the thinking through how to go about it raising from a traditional fund versus a corporate strategic venture fund and then lastly talking about the importance of the finance fund and how it evolves over time. So it's really been an awesome chat. And uh, thank you again so much uh, for, for taking the time today. Thank you. That was so much fun. Awesome. Bye, Bye now.